0: Professional mountain biker Adam Craig says it's one of the top three places in the universe he's ridden. Where is this magical mountain biking nirvana? It's none other than Brevard, North Carolina, home to Pisgah National Forest and DuPont Recreational Forest. The area boasts over 300 miles of peerless single track, not to mention hundreds of miles of gravel roads, creating a near endless array of routes, terrains, and challenges to explore. Four vibrant bike shops will get you sorted whether you need gear, service, or a top notch rental. Top it off with an array of craft breweries, cafes, and gathering spots that have earned Brevard the title as one of the best small towns in America in 2021. It all adds up to a premier mountain biking destination you'll want to experience for yourself. Find out more at explorebrevard.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guest is Rab Wardell. Rab is a mountain bike athlete and coach living in Glasgow, Scotland, and he recently launched a new video series with Wahoo Fitness called Old Enough to Know Better. Thanks for joining us again, Rab.
1: My pleasure. It's great to be back.
0: Yeah, well, the last time we spoke, I was looking and it was almost exactly a year ago. I think it was last January uh, that we spoke. So how have you been? How was 2021 for you?
1: It's been a good year. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've been, uh, getting to ride my bike, my bike a lot. Uh, I've been able to travel a little bit this year, which is, which was different, but, um, no, I've, I've just really been, really been enjoying it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, your video series, Old Enough to Know Better, which, again, sponsored by Wahoo Fitness, explores the idea of dream chasing. And your story sort of begins back in 2006, so 15 years ago. Tell us what happened then.
1: Yeah, that's quite, uh, Yeah, um, I guess that's one of the major benchmarks in, in this film. is 2006, I competed uh, in an event called the Commonwealth Games, which is a, uh, it's a, you know, the Commonwealth is like, I guess it's what, what was the British empire. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a major event. It's like a, it's like a mini Olympics, if you like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I competed, competed for Scotland and Australia. And that, and you know, I, I left school in 2003. Um, and I, I really made it my, um, it was my dream was to be able to compete in this Commonwealth games in, in Melbourne in 2006. So, it was yeah it was a huge part of of what i did for a young a, as a as a young adult and um it was a great experience but it was also a disappointment and it was
2: mm.
1: after that point it was actually it, you know it's, it's kind of the start of my story and it's also it was the end at the time and <laughs> yeah. it was when i at the end of that season i i kind of gave up on the dream of becoming a professional bike rider it just wasn't um it wasn't sustainable for me to do that but you know being blunt just purely I couldn't afford it and I couldn't see a, yeah. a career path certainly as a, as a Scottish mountain biker at that time so mm-hmm. um it's maybe it's maybe a bit of a dull dull start to the series but it's uh, yeah it's just my story but you know I've, I've still been riding my bike I've still you know that, that's what got me coaching at that time and mm-hmm. um, I was able to begin coaching for Scottish cycling at that time as a, a development coach and uh so I've I've continued to ride and compete and you set goals ever since then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, part of what I've, I've read and heard about kind of your thinking at that time was, I mean, you essentially described it as like retiring in your early twenties. I mean, you're, you're super young, really, you know, for a lot of people that's when they're just starting their career. So but like, what were the emotions you were kind of feeling around that? I mean, to be like, I'm sure you had goals and you're like, this is my career. I'm going to be a professional athlete. And then, yeah, to like make that realization that like, hmm, I gotta maybe figure out something else.
1: Yeah, yeah, really, it was a dream to become that, you know, to chase that pro lifestyle and to compete. And mm-hmm. I still look back on it and I think I was, I was riding really well. It just, it just unfortunately wasn't a a viable career path at that time. Yeah, and um, for me, so. I felt like going to the going to the Commonwealth Games as an event. I almost wanted that to be a springboard. I I was imagining that was going to be a springboard to a to a greater career. It was going to open up doors and, and create opportunities.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And unfortunately, the timing of that was just it just wasn't the case. It was yeah, it was just a case that uh, there were the actually the opportunities I'd actually had in the lead up to going to that event were probably some of the best ones that I'd had in terms of support and coaching.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When I came back from that event, I lost my coach. I lost my funding, uh, like my, I guess my national, my national team funding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, also at that time, it was, it was a sh- it, it was, it was quite tough to take, but I, I mean, the track program, the British cycling track program was really strong then. Um, you know, some of the riders that were the same age as me that were competing there, and um, you know, Garrett Thomas and Mark Cavendish were two riders that was the same age as me, but competing on the track and on the road. In the mountain bike race, after I punctured, I actually ended up racing with Chris Froome, who probably all know has gone on to win four Tour de Frances. And yeah, um, you know those guys really—they you know—they were able to make the most of the opportunities. And and to be fair, they had better results than I did mm. um, at that time. And just for me, it was uh, a few doors closed, and it just my my motivation really dropped. Yeah, it was just really hard to take, to be honest. Yeah, looking back on it, it was uh, it was it was a it was a, a big challenge, and I think it's um. It's not an unusual story, <laughs> you know, it's like not not everybody is able to go on and, and live the dream and make it as a professional. I think that you know, that Gern Thomas, Chris Froome, Mark Tavernish, they're really the outliers and they're, and they're, they're deserved champions. And my story is probably more, you know, there's probably another, you know, I don't know how many people have got a similar story to me. I guess I just feel quite lucky that I get to tell it
0: yeah and like you said, you know you you pivoted to coaching and did that for a number of years and and now you're back to racing, which is is just what we're talking about here. well, in the film, you say that there are no shortcuts to experience, and that you made a number of mistakes along the way yeah. in your career as a coach, I imagine also as an athlete, so I'd love to hear what are some of your biggest mistakes that stand out as being like ones where you maybe learned a lot or you know, maybe they're just really big mistakes that you don't want to repeat again.
1: I think um, the w- the one biggest uh, mistake that I feel like I've learned from was it's be- it's getting too hooked uh, and I guess too hung up on a result, right? and, and rather than thinking about the process and how mm-hmm. you know, I think it gets talked about a lot, and it's you know, you have to trust the process, and it's all about executing a pro- process. If you
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you can sit, you know you. Can, I think it's uh like I guess dreaming about or kind of visualizing the result is a great thing to do in terms of to to really excite you and to motivate you as like a long-term project you know actually dreaming about a particular result is a is a great thing to do but if you get if you lose sight of what the process is and what it is that you actually need to do on a daily basis that will help you achieve that goal mm-hmm. you know that can be to your detriment you know I think that's that's something that I right. previously used to do is you know, dream too much about, you know, a particular result and, 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 not get the process right, not, not sleep well enough, not have a, a good enough routine, not, you know, I think it's what, what I've realized over the years is I, I really, really thrive when I've got routine mm-hmm. and I've got good people around me. If I've got basically stick to like a really similar routine, you know, it doesn't have to be super strict, but it just needs to be consistent and I value consistency over time as well rather than, mm being hot and cold you know like being you know maybe doing like a really big block of training for for two or three weeks and always striving for more and pushing harder
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's much better for me to almost just do enough but do it consistently for three six nine months yeah and you know almost, almost factor in that there's going to be days where, which which aren't going to be great so planning these rest days planning in some downtime planning in you know adaptation weeks and recovery weeks and Mm-hmm. and you know make i guess making a plan that i that i um have faith in you know something that i, I look at it and i go right this is this is a good game plan this is going to really work <laughs> and and then and then try and execute it and another thing that i think i used to do and i still am guilty of i think is not giving myself credit for the things that i do achieve you know it's like
2: mm-hmm.
1: for example you know a good example would be if i were doing a race in Scotland for example where i felt i had a good chance of winning mm-hmm. Or being really competitive. If I won that race, I almost wouldn't, you know, so I would almost think, well, yeah, you, you kind of should have won that race, you know, and never <laughs> actually give myself the, the, you know, the credit of being like, right, well, that's, you've, you've done a great job there. You've, you've gone out and you've achieved what you set out to do. Like, you know, let that sink in for a period of time before thinking about, right, what's next or even discrediting that achievement, you know, and being, well, well, oh well. one of the best there i should have won if i didn't win it would be a failure you know it's uh (laughs) and i think that's quite common you know one thing i learned was you know like i say i stopped racing at quite a young age and i have i mean i have raced over those years i've I've still still done a lot of racing yeah but um what i did learn is winning races isn't easy (laughs) you know even even the low even the local race and you know somewhere in scotland or in glasgow like there's always going to be somebody there that wants to win and is, is taking it seriously. And, you know, is, and also if you've got the target on your back, people want to take you down. So it's, and that's, and that's, that's sport, you know, it's great to to see that. But so, you know, if I do win races or if I do have good results, I like to take it from, you know, actually, actually enjoy it. Don't, don't be thinking about what's next too soon. Just Just go actually savor it for a minute and, and uh, enjoy that and i think finally the other thing that i do is that i like to i think finding my level is a good thing you know actually trying to be competitive at the i guess trying to win races that i'm capable of winning or trying to get good results in races that i can perform in previously i would always want to ride the biggest race i could do mm-hmm. so i would always want to be st- turning up on the start line of a world cup uh, like a horse category stage race, like Cape Epic, I would always want to be at that biggest race. Mm-hmm. Whereas, really, I'd be a real small fish in a big pond in those races. Mm-hmm. But I, I love the feeling of being on the world stage and on the, in the big events. But um, is is quite hard to to survive in in those kind of races? I think as well, it can be quite difficult. So, I think it's about for me. I've learned to you know almost like pick my level. You know, don't don't I don't feel like I'm ever like a pot hunter you know i don't feel like i'm turning up you know turning up to a small races just so i can win i think i want to be at that yeah i want to ride races that challenge me that i've got a really strong field and try and do my best still still get excited to race And i think the the goal for this series, the series and, and for this year which was riding the the british national championships was a was a great fit for me it was something i could compete at and that it was you know still big enough for to get me excited you know
0: yeah Well, I I mean, I love this idea of tying like mistakes to building experience and, and, you know, telling ourselves there are no shortcuts, right? Like we're going to make mistakes and that's part of the process, like you said. And that seems to be, I imagine you're someone who doesn't have a lot of regrets either because you look back at those mistakes and you say, well, I learned something from that. I had to make that mistake because that's part of my experience. Are you able to take that to like the next level and, and really like seek out experiences where you are going to make a mistake? Like, are you really like that Zen about it where you can just be like, yes, another mistake. I've learned something else. <laughs> like, like can it? Can you take it? And then could you take it too far? And, and really like, you know, it seems like you're trying to find that balance, right? You're trying to show up at the right races and do the right things so yeah kind of how do you how do you view that
1: certainly don't think i set out trying to make
0: mistakes (laughs) (laughs) right still try to avoid them
1: yeah i think so it's um i mean i definitely like to take myself out of my comfort zone it's um it's another thing that i've realized is I, i like trying to progress i always like to try and move forward and even if it's only one step at a time it's like i want to you know, it's. I want to be the best that I can be, and I, you know, I want to be better than I was yesterday. Whether that's a lifestyle thing, whether that's uh, you know, whether it's sport, whether it's coaching. You know, I'm. I like to. You know, the feeling of progression is great, and it's hard when you plateau as well to to try and continue to seek that. And it's you also have to just accept that there are days that you're going to, or there are even periods of time where you're going to go backwards, and you're going to be. You're going to be worse, you know. Yeah, it's like rever- reversibility is definitely real, especially when it comes to to sport and and training and physical fitness,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and and aging. You know, it's 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 a it's a fact of life that you sometimes you might go backwards. So for me, it's a lot of the time. It's about it's about you know, setting setting up that process goal and trying to execute as well as I can, and that and that's where you can you know the. I think the enjoyment and the joy comes through the journey.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't necessarily come through the result and it doesn't necessarily come through always getting better. And it's been quite, it's quite interesting seeing how these films have been received because there's so, a lot of people have been like 36, you're not old. You know, there's other people saying, <laughs> you know, it's right. like, I'm fi- I'm 54 and I'm still right. You know, and it's, uh, you know, I I know that I'm, I know that I'm not particularly old, but mm-hmm. As, as you do age, it's a fact of life that you are going to, at some point, you're going to be over the, over the top of the improvement curve. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do when that happens, if I'm not going to be physically improving, is focusing on the things that I can improve. Instead of just giving up and saying, well, well, that's it, I may as well give up. It's like, well, actually, you know, I can optimize my, maybe I can optimize my equipment. I can mm-hmm. optimise my nutrition. my nutrition could be better. Again, things like sleep and routine and structure. That those are the things that I can improve and actually still begin to get better technically. Um, you know, technically I can you know get better and learn to progress and and, and learn your skills still. Um or you can always go down little. You know, you can actually totally change tact and go to a different kind of event. You know, it's it's uh, maybe I can't race cross country. You Olympic distance cross country as well as I once could. But maybe I can be. Uh, I can do an ultra marathon, or I can do. um You know, there, there's going to be things that you like. You say the experience is going to lend itself to, and having a wise right. head um, is going to be is actually going to be a real advantage. You know, there's still riders. There are lots of riders out there who are older than me competing at a higher level, so it's it's just about um you know they they I take inspiration from from those people as well so but yeah, I think I've rambled answering your question am i am I that zen that i am a you know, almost revel in making mistakes <laughs> i guess its i guess if it was a totally new experience, if it was something I didn't know you know, had no idea what I was doing and I felt like I'd really learned a lesson from it. And I was Mm going to take, you know, that I like a life lesson almost, I guess I would feel a little satisfied by that. Right. Um, (laughs) I think I would, I think I could, you know, I could definitely think I could, or I would do my best to look for the positives in that. Yeah. And, and and enjoy it, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, it's good to know you're still human. You're not, you know, someone who's, who enjoys making mistakes or, you know, tries to make them. So yeah, makes oh, sense.
1: I'm, I'm, ve- I am very human. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I was thinking even more about that statement about, you know, there's no shortcuts to experience. And, you know, I agree with that on a lot of levels, but then I also think about other endeavors, you know, like professional, Careers and things and like, how do we learn things? You know, if you're say a scientist, like you're going to learn a number of things through experience, but you're also going to, you know, read books and you're going to hear from experts in the field and, and things like that. So as an athlete, like, are there, or like, what are the ways that you can learn or maybe accelerate kind of your, your learning and your performance beyond just the things that you have personally experienced
1: yeah yeah research is uh is definitely high up there and kind of and kind of learn you it's how do you learn what are what are the stages of learning and how do you go about doing that and you know there's there's learning through doing there's you know that's that like you, you generate your own experience by by just doing things and reflecting and learning and have that feedback loop. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can work with, you know, you've got peer-to-peer learning where you can ride with other people. And I think a lot of people talk about that when you, you ride with another person who's more experienced than you and you just soak up all their experience like a sponge. You ask questions, you just watch and you take that on. Of course, there's coaching. Mm -hmm. So actually actively seeking out an expert in the field and trying to, listen to them and 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 you know learn from them and actually actually ask them to help you Mm -hmm. that's certainly another that's certainly another way and i think i mean i think coaching my role as a coach i i believe that i can help others learn from all the mistakes that i've made right or and all not necessarily all the mistakes i've made but all of the successes that i've had as well as, as well so i can i can i can share that and i think what's one thing that i do think helps me is that and certainly, as a coach, is that athletes that I work with, they trust me because they they show I can, they can see that I've experienced a number of things. They see that I've got, I've been around for a while, <laughs> I've compete I've competed to a level, and I think that's one thing that's it's really important when it comes to coaching is that the person who is being coached by you needs to have faith in you and needs to trust you
2: right. because
1: a lot of the things that you get told to do, you know, for example, you come to a coach, and you say, "I want to be faster," and they say right, you've got to slow down, <laughs> you know, it's <that's> so it's <laughs> so counterproductive, you know, it's like, or somebody comes to you and you say, I want to be, I want to have great race results next year, uh, I want to do cross-country mountain biking, and I go, well, what we've got to do now is you've got to learn how to pace your training so you don't go too fast, so you can,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because that's, it's it's so far removed to, I guess it's really far removed to what the exercise industry sells to people, is like, is like fitness. You know, the fitness industry is all, mm-hmm. you know, no pain, no gain. You know, high intensity interval training, crossfit. You know, all these, all these uh, fantastic exercises, and the fact that they're really enjoyable to do. Mm-hmm. They will get you results quickly. Yeah. But again, it's a long term plan. There's no Olympian trains like that. You know, there's no professional sports person trains like that. They're much more turning up every day, going through the motions. Kind of and just just ticking boxes, so it's it's hard if you do you know, there's lots of different ways to do things for sure, but a long term sustainable plan needs to be considered and quite measured rather than just if it was just as simple as working hard it would be very it would be very simple you know it was like right I think yeah uh, I reflected that a lot like when i was that when I was at that young age kinda I came out into the junior category in two thousand and three. And then I'd like 2004, 2005, I went straight into the elite category. There was no under 23 category um, at that time in mountain bike. Mm-hmm. So straight in the deep end riding with these, these guys. And the races were two hours plus long. And my big, my big inspiration I used to look at was, was on the road was, was Lance Armstrong. And he's, yeah. he's, he's given it. I work the hardest. I train the hardest. Um, I'll do what, I'll do what others don't. And, we now know the, the truth. <laughs> and uh, right. but, if that, but if that's your role model and you're going off, I just need to work harder. Mm-hmm. I just need to do, instead of doing five hours, I need to do six hours. I need to do seven hours. And you've, you've got these numbers banded around. And, you know, it's especially if you have the mindset that you want to work, you're willing to work hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It can really, really, uh, it can, you know, it can really backfire as well. If you're, you know, I, I also think back to when I was training then and I had, I had a heart rate. I had a heart rate strap and that was, that was about it. You know, I had a, a speedometer and I would want to go out and try and average certain speeds, but you know, the road, the roads in Scotland aren't fast. They're, uh, you know, they're, <laughs> yeah. the weather, the weather's hard, you know, the, it's windy, the roads are pretty rough and heavy and kind of slow going. So if you're going out chasing averages, it can be a really dangerous game. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, yeah, I was just really guilty of always, always overcooking it. You know, I think Yeah. that was a, uh, now you', know, a, you know, I almost i didn't yeah you know, it's a, it's a cliche but i I should have trained smarter if i if I was able to have trained smarter you know and right I also think co your know, coaching now is so much easier because you get so much data and information from a rider that will that can back up what the what you're saying and you can say well you actually if you want if you want to ride better you need to back it off a little bit because you're this isn't sustainable you know we're not getting the adaptation that you want to get you might get fit really fast but you know, we're, we're wanting to, to be fit in six months time, you know? So how do we, how do we build steadily?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as a coach, it's like you're getting feedback as well from the data. I mean, you're learning just as they are, like you, you kind of know what the results going to be, but you know, you say, Hey, do this with your training. And then you see, yep, that worked. And so you know that for the next athlete or for yourself. And yeah, I, I'm reminded too. It's, it's like, you know, every athlete, if, you didn't have the benefit of like books and hearing from coaches and, you know, athletes who came before you. You'd just be kind of, there would be a limit to how good you could be, right? Like you can't possibly learn everything that you need to learn, you know, in a lifetime. And so, yeah. And, and this, this brings it all back to, to like the idea of FKTs, which, you know, is something we talked about in our last conversation and, and we'll talk about today as well, but like, That's one of those things that's relatively new to cycling. I mean, if you want to see like, are today's athletes better than, you know, a generation ago, it's kind of hard to say that, right? Because the courses are different. The equipment is different. You know, there's a lot of those differences, like even the Tour de France, it's a different route every year. So how can you say this athlete's faster than that athlete? But with an FKT, that's a very, it's a fixed course. And, you know, that's something that hopefully we'll see over time as times just get faster and faster as athletes kind of build on the knowledge of, of the people before them?
1: Yeah, I think there's the knowledge. I think there's also the belief, you know, it's, um, mm. you know, if somebody has set a benchmark and raised the bar, you know, you go, well, if they, you know, if they can do that, then that means it's possible. You know, it's like, it's like when you want, if you see things in like extreme sports, where you see worlds first landed, where people, you know, there's things happening now that are, if you go back 20 years ago, people would say it's impossible, right? You know, and then it's just every every year, you know, people, you know, just the the bar just gets risen, and every you know everyone seems to be leveling up. Mm-hmm. And the fact that information is so free, and you know, you can watch, you know, you can watch some riders doing these amazing stunts online. On social media, you can see on Strava or, or other fitness apps how fast people are riding certain certain climbs or certain routes. And, and not only can you see, I mean, you can see it in real detail. You can see how hard and how fast they were going at the start. And, and if they increase their pace, you can see how you can learn a lot from it mm-hmm. um, and, and in quite, quite a lot of detail. There's a lot of information out there. And I think, again, it just means that people dare to dream and, and believe what they can do. So, you know, when... We talked about last year when Gary McDonald set his his time of uh, you know nine hours and twenty eight minutes for the West Highland Way. When when I started that project, my goal was to get under ten hours, and then he's he's way under that, you know. And, and uh, that just made me think, well, man, maybe I can go under nine hours. You know, it's like what you what can I do? And you know, I I didn't have the best ride in in my West Highland Way ride, and when I was setting out on that day, I had like. Eight forty-five or eight forty-five or maybe even faster in mind is the time that I could do if I had good conditions and a clean ride. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And now I'm thinking that you know if I ride that route again, you know I expect I will. Mm I I want to do it totally unsupported. I don't want to have anyone. I don't want to have any mechanical or or you know hydration support. I want to do it totally unsupported, and I want to go. I want to go. I want to go fast. You know it's uh you know the the record has you know it fell twice this year which was really cool to see yeah wow and what was what was incredible to see was uh that connor swift who's a a british road racer he set the new fkt for the west Highland way around about two weeks after finishing the tour de france
0: oh wow he's
1: uh he messaged me on the he sent me, oh, I speak to him fairly regularly and he messaged me on the rest day at the Tour de France asking me about the hike bike on Loch Lomond. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, this is what a moment. This is fantastic. This guy's at the Tour de France and he's thinking about, <laughs> you know, his hike bike around Loch Lomond, which was, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. But no, it's been, it was really exciting to see Connor lay down his marker because he had, he had bad conditions and he went eight and a half hours almost, which is you know the the guy's super strong and he he can ride a mountain bike as well
0: which is cool yeah that's cool so right yeah i mean we can learn from each other but it also sounds like we can be motivated by each other and yeah it's just this cycle everybody's getting faster and and achieving more
1: yeah i mean connor connor's been pretty open like he he wouldn't have mountain biked the west island way had we not made the film in Hmm. in 2020 you know he he watched it and, and that got him excited to to go and do that and He's a fantastic bike rider. There's there's no doubt about it, and it's just exciting that he was inspired by by what we did. And that you know, we've all everyone's you know, from Gary McDonald, Keith Forsyth. We've all played a part in 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 raising that bar and uh, and and leveling up these challenges. And that and that's just the beauty of sport and competition. It's it's cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break real quick, but when we come back, we're going to talk about risk-taking, dedication, and competing against much younger athletes. Stay tuned. Are you enjoying the Tracks podcast? Well, we could use your support. The small but dedicated Single Tracks team works hard to share the mountain bike information that inspires epic adventures. Through this podcast, our worldwide database of trail maps and photos, and daily news and reviews on the website. So consider becoming a monthly, annual, or lifetime pro supporter and enjoy ad-free browsing on the website, free single Singletracks stickers in the mail, and discounts on merch for as little as $3 per month. Go to singletracks.com slash support to sign up and to find out other ways you can help support our mission. That's singletracks.com slash support. Thank you and happy trails. And we're back. One of the big themes from the series is the idea of taking risks. And for mountain bikers, I think a lot of us, we tend to focus on things like jumping or riding really technical trails. But it seems like one of the big risks for professional athletes like yourself is putting everything else aside and pursuing an athletic goal. Because there isn't really a guaranteed payoff, right? Is that sort of the risk you're talking about? Like, focusing and and dedicating yourself to something that that really is unknown i mean you don't you don't know if you're gonna have a payoff
1: yeah i think i think the risk often is um you know you set yourself this this goal and we kind of talked about it earlier with when it came to to racing like smaller races you maybe set a goal that you you know if it's a realistic expectation that you can do it it can be you know you've got two options you either achieve the goal and you Maybe don't feel that satisfied by it because it's something that you you, know, you set a goal that you kind of knew was in reach, or you fail, and then that's a that's a whole other you know, negative feeling, if you like. It's that your know, fail, failure doesn't never feels good, you know, um, especially if you come up really short. It's, it can be it can be really disheartening. It can really um, knock your confidence. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, I think that can be a real. It, it can be quite a dangerous. Um, I guess, Pinterest gamer, like you're, you're taking those risks because, you know, there's a bit of fear that if you do achieve the, the goal that you set, what if it, you know, what if it doesn't kind of give you the joy that you thought it might do? You, maybe you just feel like, what I find, um, what I, I really find is, uh, when I, when I have a, you know, I set a goal once I, once I actually surpass it or, I've, you know, maybe I achieve it or I fail or, you know, Maybe I have a, have a a great time, but once that goal's out of the way, I really get like a post event or like a post season low. Um, you know, dealing with that time where it's, you know, I guess where you're a, a little bit aimless for a little while. So if you're working towards something for such a long, a long time, you know, I think that's three, six, nine months. Um, or even longer, you know, if you, know, you think about Olympians who have these four year cycles that, where they're working towards this, this major event. And, you know, once that, you know, you cross that line and the event's done and then there's nothing, it can be, for me, it's, it's, it, I find that really challenging. It's, uh, I'm always wanting to try and set, uh, you know, almost set another goal or try and, try and manage through that. But I've gotten to a point where I know it's coming. Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm almost expecting that feeling so I I still feel it but it doesn't scare doesn't scare me as much as it once did and um, I think that was you know we can go way back to this for the first episode in the the Commonwealth Games you know where I said it was a fantastic experience to do that but when I came home from there I was like oh there's nothing you know what really excites me to to do next and you know, you maybe hear you know, at the end of the West Ham Way film. I say that same thing. I'm like, "What's next?" You know, it's like it's it's always striving for for something else. So when I was tw- when I was 21, I didn't know what was happening. I'd been warned that there would, could be like a post games depression or a post games low that I would feel, but it, it doesn't quite prepare you for it. You know, it's uh, and and a lot of the time you don't know you don't necessarily know that you've been going through it or you've experienced it until you're on the recovery mm-hmm. so you've you've been through the low and you're kind of climbing your way out it? and you go oh now I can see that that's why that's why I felt so bad or I felt so low so yeah I think it is I I really I guess I thrive during the journey you know and again in, enjoying the process you know taking those boxes I I would say I've changed but maybe I've just realized that I've I much prefer the training than the, the actual competition or the or the event a lot of the time yeah both of the times i can think of you know the west island way i was really stressed out going into it mm. i guess the the project this year with the national cross country champs i was i was a little bit more relaxed but i was surrounded by friends and it was it was quite good fun you know it was something that i was able to really to really get stuck into but I think that is, for me, that's part of the risk, you know, and uh, yeah, I've, I've had, I've had lots of highs and lows over the years, but like I say, I wouldn't, I don't think I would, I wouldn't change much. Like you said, it's, it's what's made me the person that I am today.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I think about sort of myself and I've, I'm honest, you know, there's been times when I've never been a racer myself. I've, I guess I've been in a couple of races, never seriously, but I found in myself saying things like, you know, basically making excuses saying like, oh, well, he's fast because like he, that's all he does. He's a professional racer. I could do that too. But, you know, I've got like other stuff that I need to do or I have a job or I have these things. And as I got older, I realized like, no, that's the whole point. I mean, this person dedicated themselves to doing that, right? Like, and I was too scared to do that or I you know, decided it's just not worth the effort or the risk or whatever it is to to pursue that goal. Is is that kind of your experience? I mean, was that for you something where you were like, you know, I really have to dedicate myself and focus on this and and kind of push everything else aside to really if I really want to make this happen?
1: Yeah. What I what I find most interesting about that that what you've just said there actually is is actually the way that you Downplayed to your own experience and in, in competing. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, I think we're all really guilty of that. We'll, we'll always downplay it, you know, and I'll, you know, some people, you know, cause I'm, you know, some people will say to me, oh, you, you're a pro or you've been a pro or and I go, well, no, I'm not really, you know, it's, <laughs> and it's like you kind of downplay or, or, you know, even if somebody says, oh, you're, you're really good or whatever, I go, ah, oh, well, I'm not that good, you know, it's like, well, cause there's always somebody better, you know. Right. It's,
2: yeah.
1: I'll, I'll always, you'll know, always see the you know, there's guys the same age as me that have achieved so much more and and have have done so much and and that's I guess it's I guess i have kind of changed the question here but it's interesting the way that we downplay our own or it's really common to downplay your own achievements um and 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 your own you know, those things that you really want to do a lot of the time it's like you wanna you really want to put yourself out there and you want to do the do the race so I guess it's a uh, it is really about trying to you know not compare yourself to others and and trying to take the joy out of the process and 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 the journey because that for me is a, a big a big part of it or something that i it's something that i really preach to other people you know if i'm if i'm working with other people or coaching other riders cuz there's always going to be somebody better and if you are good enough that you can you'll win the biggest events that's fantastic but other you know it's that's not what that's not what sports are about and that's not what what life's about i've kind of i've managed to go off on such a tangent there that i've forgotten the question you asked
0: <laughs> no there. that's that that answers it but yeah i mean the sort of my follow-on though is like to pursue these goals this goal of racing and, and pursuing your dream really right which is to compete and and to be in that process sort of constantly like are there Normal sort of everyday things that you've had to kind of cut out of your life to focus on racing. Like, if you look at your, your peers, people who are your age that are not professional athletes, are there things that you're like, Oh man, I'm missing out on that. Or, or, or does it, does it feel like you're not sacrificing a lot? Like, are you content to just chase your dream and, and feel like that's, that's what you're meant to do?
1: I don't, I don't necessarily even feel like I'm chasing a dream all the time. It's just what I really enjoy doing. It's, it is, it's what, it's what motivates me. I feel like when I was younger, I probably felt like I was sacrificing more or, or sometimes wouldn't, or almost felt like I wished I did sacrifice more. It's, uh it is something like that. And to be honest, I think the thing that I, I am most grateful for now is that I'm, I'm surrounded by people who have similar goals and ambitions and lifestyles that I do. So I don't feel like i'm sacrificing i don't feel like i'm the weirdo <laughs> you know it's like it's, it seems a lot more normal now to want to to want to you know ride you know ride my bike every day to want to you know train in the gym to want to eat well and you know i i eat good food you know i don't eat you know i i enjoy my food i enjoy eating you know some you know sometimes i'm eating fast food but i'm i'm always thinking i do think about consider about what i eat and what i drink i i still enjoy drinking beer but i, I drink a lot more frequently i drink alcohol free beer because yeah. <laughs> it's getting a lot better so yeah. uh, i do i do i do try and cut out alcohol but i don't feel i don't actually feel like that's a sacrifice anymore mm. I, I'm, not that, I'm certainly at that age where i, I, don't, I don't want to hang over it's uh you know it's uh. But yeah, I enjoy the social sides of it. I enjoy the social sides of riding the bike, and so you know, I guess outside of riding a bike, I would say my hobbies are probably eating and drinking. You know, it's like it's it's going going, going for breakfast, it's coffee, it's and it's a, and it's the social the social side more than you know as much as the experience of kind of consuming the food. I guess, but uh, mm-hmm.
0: it's a simple life. It sounds like, and and you've kind of eliminated some of those temptations or those getting those things that like make you feel bad about the choices that you're making. Right. Like you're surrounded by other athletes, people who are have similar goals. And so, you know, I think a lot of us, cause if we're surrounded by people who we're trying to, you know, keep up with, keep up with the Joneses, that's a a phrase we use in the U S but like, you know, looking around at what your neighbors are doing and feeling bad because you're not doing what they are, you know, that's not helpful. And so, yeah, it sounds like what you're suggesting is surround yourself with others who are like-minded and who are pursuing sort of similar goals.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, I think I'm particularly fortunate that I've, I've kind of got, got to this point now. And it's, uh, I also think that I would like to think that even if I was, you know, kind of living completely alone, I would be doing these things that, that <laughs> I enjoyed doing, you know, yeah. if I was in completely isolated, you know, I would still be, you know, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be looking to chase these things out. I've, it's easy enough for me to now look back and it is, has. It's been twi- over twenty years that I've been, you know, wanting to ride my bike pretty consistently. I wanted to, you know, enjoying being fit. You, know, I, I really love being fit and being able to go. Almost turn my hand to whatever I, I want to do that that day, any day. Like if it's, when I want to climb a mountain, if I want to go ride crazy fast if i want to go do jumps if i want to go well i really enjoy just having i guess being being able to to kind of make that choice and go and do it so i don't see anything changing it's like i'm 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 20 odd years deep into this Mm -hmm. i don't see anything changing for in 20 years time you know i think it's going to be my days are going to be pretty much based about you know i'm going to ride my bike at some point every day
0: How did you decide that that you wanted to win the British National Cross Country Championship at age thirty six? I mean, had this been a goal for you at any other point, or is this something that that kind of came up recently that you were like, "Yeah, that's that's the goal."
1: Yeah, I I think maybe saying that I wanted to win it is is isn't quite true. You know, I would certainly dream of winning it. Um, I I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I had any expectation yeah, of and dream. being able to win that's an interesting yeah. distinction yeah it's uh, I like I say, I love race and I really enjoy it and um, it's you know I wanted I really wanted to go to the British Championships to see how I would perform where would I measure up against these riders because
2: yeah.
1: you know and, and a lot of it comes down to which riders turn up on a day how you know what kind of what kind of shape they're in how good a season they're having it's uh. So I wanted to be there, and I really just wanted to get there, execute the best race I could. Then I would feel satisfied with the result. Hopefully, so even if I came last, um, I would want to be there, and hopefully, I would I had executed everything as well as possible. And it's a good—I mean, it's it's a it's a high enough level race that I'm you know excites me. I'm racing against fantastic riders. It's also a stepping stone, you know. It's a it, it carries UCI points. So if I, you know, had I done really well, I could go on to compete at a bigger race at a, at a World Cup or or something like that. And that was that was kind of what excited me. That was like a, it was more, it wasn't so much that like I wanted to go there to win. It was, I wanted to go there to see how can I do. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've never won the British title. I've never won a British title. I've got one British medal to my name. I won it in two thousand in Three as a junior, I got the bronze medal, and I guess the year that I probably could have had the best chance of getting a medal again would have been two thousand and seven, and I retired and I retired in two thousand six. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was, it was like you know you you step up into a new category. So I was competing against a few older riders um, in, the, in the under twenty three national championships. So it's uh, yeah, I, I I just yeah, I like racing. I think that's it. I like, I like, yes. I, like, to, I, like to, I like to race. I like to race when I'm feeling good and I feel like I've prepared for it. If I'm, um, if I'm racing and I'm going for the motions, I can do that for a little while. If I'm not in good shape, I can do that for a bit. But it's, I would say it's, it's not. I don't get as as much out of it as I would like to be. If I'm turning up and I feel prepared and ready to go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well what did you learn? What was the takeaway racing against those those younger athletes in the in the Commonwealth or excuse me the National Cross Country Championship?
1: I don't want to give too much away because uh some pe- some people might some people some people might not have seen it, but what I took from it is I'm st- I'm still getting better. I I am yeah. 95% confident that I am I am still getting better both physically and technically. So I, um, I think there's still more. I think I've still got more to give. I think I can still see, I think, take a, I can still get the best results ever. You know, I'm still setting personal best. I mean, I think that was one of the things that really inspired this project was that I was setting personal best power, power numbers and, you know, my watts per kilogram were, were higher than I'd ever seen. And I, I was, I was riding a lot more with the power meter. That's for sure. Mm. Um, than I ever had done but my my data was suggesting that I was still getting better and I could still get better and that was really after yeah maybe I don't know like six months of, of maybe six months of really good training maybe not even as much as that like maybe I think uh I think there was maybe three months that I, when I when I knew the film was going ahead I really buckled down and and uh and went went all in but and that was Probably only for three months or so. So it was starting to see, like, right, There's, there's more to get It's still there. I still feel like there's weight.
0: Was that surprising to you? I mean, did you think you were going to have to rely more on just kind of outsmarting these riders to get an advantage, or, or did you think it was possible? Do you think, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm 36, but I can, I can still get stronger and faster.
1: Yeah, it was. Um it was it was a bit of a surprise to be honest. During in the in the West Highland weight prep, it was a surprise, um, and then I was a bit more confident in it going into this year, uh, and, and and kind of ready to go. But uh, it's I just get I get really motivated by just seeing the improvement. You know, I think that's part of the the blessing of having the having this data. You know, and having you know seeing seeing power creep up, and you know seeing that I can actually. You know, I, I genuinely lost 10 kilos. Oh wow. The, the, the <laughs> I did the West Island work. Like I went from about 75 kilograms to 65. Wow. And you know, and I was like, oh my, you know, cause you know, when you get older, you go, oh, it's just, it's hard. You just put weight on and it's not <laughs> oh, yeah. just, it just happens, you know, and you, you know, and, right. and I got to that point where I'm like, wow, I'm like, I'm actually, I'm lean and I'm, I feel strong and I'm riding fast. So it was a bit of an eye opener and then you know this year it started to translate in terms of rides i was doing i was i was setting pbs on climbs i was setting pbs on set routes and trails and that again it's i'm never going to be the best i'm never going to beat tom pedcock you know, <laughs> you know tom, <laughs> yeah he's he's uh early 20s and he's but he's the it's not his age that makes him better than me he is just much better than me he's one of the best mm-hmm. you know one of the best bike riders on the planet and mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm a I'm still good and I've still got more to give and I can still get better. So it's, uh, it's all about, they like say, enjoying that journey and enjoying the process and, and trying to be better than I was yesterday. And that's, that's what I'm I'm trying to do. Yeah. Try not get too intimidated by the younger riders or the faster riders. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, and, and also just, I think just give those riders credit as well. You know, if you see them putting in a, in an awesome ride and you know, if they're, you know, if they're doing it when they're young you've got to go wow that's amazing that you're doing that so young with without the experience you know you don't mm-hmm. have the experience that I've got and you're making these you've got a you know wise head on young shoulders you're making good decisions you're disciplined you're training hard you've got self-belief that's amazing and that should be applauded and then similarly if it's an older rider who's you know putting in the hard yards and learning new skills and, and still setting them self-challenges go well wow, that's that's also amazing. That should be celebrated. So if a rider's better than you, I like to kind of applaud them and and respect them, you know? I think that's one of the things that I I take a lot from is if I do have the respect of my peers, if I have the respect of the riders that I compete against, if they think I'm doing a good job and, uh, and I'm riding well, I I take a lot of, of from that as well. So,
0: Yeah, and that's so applicable to all of us, no matter what level we're at. You know, to use that to, to motivate us and to always have a goal of, of getting better and learning and, and yeah, just, just having more fun on the bike as well. So one of the themes from the series is this idea of play. And when we're younger, play seems to come naturally. We love playing around, but when we get older, it seems like it's not really a big part of our lives. So why do you think play is so important? It's a funny one because I, I don't really feel like I've stopped it. <laughs> um I
1: used to I used to have I but I also see how I'm very different to a lot of my friends and a lot of my peers, you know, a lot of the people that I grew up with have have uh, certainly stopped and and I just seem to have continued it. I think uh I used to have I don't know if you get guessed, but I'm a bit goofy and uh I used to have this bit of a joke mantra that I used to share with my friends who were who were studying law degrees and they were doing all these, you know, I guess all these career-type things, and I would say that my my main motivation was to to do have a lifestyle where I could just have fun. And uh, I used to I used to badge it being you know, I used to just like to chill out and have fun basically. So I would have a, I mean, I had a day job. I always had a day job, and I had a career, but it seemed that one of the main things that motivated me through life was that I just wanted to enjoy things, and 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 fun has been fun is absolutely the core of that. So it's why I've ride i ride a bmx bike i ride skate parks i ride i watch a lot of film i listen to a lot of music you know me you know, i think that's one thing is that, that comes across in this film is I, I love riding my bike but i also love the medium of film and making entertain entertaining the fact that i'm making entertaining films is about cycling is a total dream of mine too um and uh but yeah, I'm, I'm maybe not the best person to talk to about this idea of, of play as an adult because I don't think I've ever really stopped.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, skateboarding, skateboarding is one of those things. I mean, there's lots of adults that do it, but I think for most adults, that's, it's terrifying. It's like, why would I do that? Like I could get hurt. <laughs> and what's the point? I'm not going, I'm not trying to get anywhere on it. I'm just, I'm just messing around. Like who has time for that?
1: Yeah, I'm scared of skateboarding as well. Though <laughs> I need, I, I need, I need a handlebar. If uh, yeah, I'd be more, more likely to be on a scooter, I think. But uh, no, it's um, I mean, I think it comes down to what what motivates you as well and what you enjoy doing. Because there's tons of there's tons of dangerous or I guess things that you could do to play that I don't do. Um, it just so happens that riding a bike is something that I'm you know I'm 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 really hooked on and it's something I'm really passionate about. So and I do use a bike for less playful things. You know, I I do a road ride and I do, I love, you know, I train on the indoor trainer and all that kind of stuff, but I do, I do, I do continue to play, I guess. I think I'm just lucky that I have a sport that I guess, um, rewards playing and learning. I, I, I guess uh, I don't often, uh, it maybe looks like playing a lot of the time actually, but it's, it's quite often it's, it's pretty, not necessarily regimented, but if I do have like a clear goal, there's not that often that I'll go ride and do something without any, without any end goal. So maybe, maybe I, maybe I don't play that often. Maybe it's more practice. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's like you go on a ride and, and you go with other people, right? And for me, you know, say we're, we're going out and we're like, we're going to ride this 20 mile loop. And you know, for me, I'm ta- I'm thinking about the end the whole time, right? I'm like, okay, we're gonna ride up this hill, and we're gonna go down, and then you know, we're gonna go back to the start. And then I'll find myself riding in this group, and I see like one of the guys, you know, he he found a, a route that he you know popped off of, and you know, I'm like, wait, hold on, I, I was just gonna go like straight over that, or I was gonna avoid it completely because I'm thinking about the end. But, you know, some people are able to like see that and to really like be playful along the way. Like, does that sort of come naturally for you? Is that part of your training?
1: Yeah, I think I, I do. I would be that guy. I would be the guy wanting to do, wanting to, to do a wall ride or wanting to do a, wanting to do a jump or wanting to like get some style on, on the jump or whatever and take my hands off. But again, it's about, it's, yeah it's an interesting one. It is the, what is the, you know, there's probably a goal to it and it's the fact that I want it to look a certain way or I want it to, you know, again, it's because I've, I've seen, I've seen riders that I respect or I, you know, I, I like doing similar things. So I guess it's that expression as well. So it's a, there's like a creative channel to that as well as just, I guess, just, I'm not just, I'm not just doing it just for the sake of it, you know, I'm doing it for, I guess I, there is, there is like an end game in mind, you know?
0: Right. But yeah, but it sounds like you can do both, right? You can do, you can have that goal, but you can do it with style and do it your own way, sort of, and make it playful.
1: I certainly enjoy it. I guess it's, I guess it's how do you, how do you, uh, what's the definition of play? Because, you know, if it is something that you just enjoy doing something, then, you know, I'm playing when I'm doing an interval training session on the trainer, you know, or, <laughs> right. or, uh, or whatever. It's, uh, I do, I think I definitely do try to keep things fun for sure. It's, uh, whether it's a, a social side of things, it's, it's, you know, stopping for, stopping for a coffee and a laugh and a joke on a, on a, on a long road ride or whatever. But it's, yeah, how do you define play? It's, uh, um, yeah, you know, I guess that is, it's a learning through play, isn't it? It's like there is an end goal, but you're, you're having fun while they do it. And that's, uh that's, uh, I remember getting asked by Andy, the director in the West Island Way film, he was like, you talk about having fun and like playing and, you know, you know, this stuff, but it looks like you're training really hard and you're, and you're, and it's actually really strict, which isn't like playing at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I just, I do enjoy it. Like I enjoy, you know, I enjoy just taking, you know, I enjoy the process. Like they say, I enjoy the journey. I enjoy Taking off the objectives and trying to trying to get it done, you know. I don't even often know what the end goal is. Like you say, there's like a there's a bit of an idea, but it's uh, I guess that you find where you're going as you as you go through it.
0: Mm, yeah, and like you said, it is biking after all. So even when we're serious at biking. It's not like we're sitting down to write a legal contract or, you know, getting a quote on insurance. Like this is, you know,
2: yeah, if we yeah.
0: if we're comparing it to other things <clears throat> that people do and spend their time at, you know, I mean, pretty much the whole thing is play. If you look at it, you know, compared to the bigger picture.
1: Yeah, and but I mean, I was having a conversation. My my girlfriend was t- talking to me about this recently, and she was saying that like when she finishes. When she finishes competing as a cyclist, she would, you know, she loves organizing stuff. She likes, really likes, like planning trips and, you know, re- researching flights and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, that, that is like absolute hell to me. There's there's nothing I would I would hate to do that. But she like she she enjoys that again, enjoys that process, enjoys like getting everything organized, everything's being in line. And you know, she was actually talking about this uh someone who works in the in the event series that she was competing in um and doing this job and then being brilliant at that job and just being like it seems that they are into that you know it's like and it's not again they're not they're not bluffing it they're motivated they want to do it it's uh it's it's it's, it's not it's not easy but it's uh well it's just the satisfaction in it i think I would have to work really hard to try and do that, and I, and I, I probably wouldn't take It <laughs> probably wouldn't come that naturally to me. I wouldn't feel like I was good at it um but yeah, I mean maybe need to get better at that. That can be my next goal, yeah, be more organized
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned it earlier that you know a number of folks said, "Hey, you know you're thirty six years old, like you're still young, and on the flip side of that, you know these eighteen year olds that you're competing against, they're saying. That guy's old, right? So, so old age is relative depending on what age you are and and who you're talking to. But I'm curious, like, have you thought about what you're going to be doing on the bike at age 50 or, or even 70? I mean, an age that there's not a lot of people beyond that age that are going to be riding. So what, what do you see yourself doing when you're, when you're really the old, old guy out on the trail? It's not really something that I've pondered at, uh,
1: to be honest, but just asking the question has really made me think about Sandy Wallace who um so the series is the whole series, every episode is dedicated in in love and memory of Sandy Wallace and he was the he owned the bike shop and ran the club that I started with as a teenager. Um he he passed away this year, um not long after we'd we'd filmed the series, um but he was riding his bike all the way up till now, he was racing. He was doing ma, masters world championships. When I, when I started riding, he was racing mountain bikes mostly. And then he was doing, you know, long distance time trial racing in the UK. He was doing track racing. You know, when the velodrome, we had our first indoor velodrome opened in Scotland and he started doing track sprinting. And, uh, you know, in his, in his late sixties and into his seventies, you know, and it's like, that's what I'm going to be like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yeah. be like, right. It just you know, you're know, you getting, maybe you're getting older and you weren't as fast as you once were, but you just start moving the goalposts a little bit. Like, how do we, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he was, another thing he was, uh, he did a lot was he, he really supported other riders, you know, he uh, re- support, supported young riders, you know, he sponsored young riders, he sponsored older riders as well, and he was always involved in, in you know, in, in running a club and, and helping, you know, and I think, you know, I'll, I'll I'd like to think I'll be riding my bike as long as I can. Um, exactly how that is, if, it's, uh, if it ends up being, uh, I'll just be doing the, the club ride on a weekend or taking people to going out and mellow trail ride or gravel ride or, or whatever. Or maybe I'll be still looking to push push uh, push myself in a skate park. Who knows? I, I, <laughs> I, I literally can't tell you what I'll be doing, but I'm pretty certain that I'll be... Riding the bike, I'm pretty certain I'll still want to compete in some way. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll be, uh, you know, as long as it puts a smile on my face, I'll still be doing it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny as well, it kind of stresses me out doing it as well. Like, you know, I do get really nervous going into events and,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and question why I'm doing it all the time. But it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, just, I just, I say it in the series a whole lot. I just love it. You know, it's, it's, it's what I do. It's, I think it doesn't define me, but it's, It's a big part of my life, you know, I
0: love it. Yeah, yeah. I a few weeks ago, I went on a bike ride with a friend who I've known for a few years now uh, who's 86 years old and he rides bikes and I was like, you know what, like I would like to go on a a ride with you, you know, knowing that like we're going to go at kind of a slow pace and, you know, it's going to be different from the rides I normally do. But yeah, I mean, one of the things I learned from him was just like, confidence like we're riding on the road but he would just kind of put his hand out like we're going through an intersection or whatever he just put his hand out like kind of stopping traffic and just he was going to go wherever he wanted to go and I was like wow like I don't have that that amount of confidence and and it made me realize that you know I can learn so much I mean one I'm motivated a lot by that to think wow you know 86 years old I would I would love to still be riding but also realizing there's still so much that I need to learn about biking and, and so much I can gain from that. Like, what do you, what do you see as the things that are still left for you to learn and experience on the bike?
1: When it comes to progressing as a rider, there's always something that you can work on. It's uh, like i as say, cornering, you I think that's part of the beauty of mountain biking as well. is like the, the sport is progressing, you know, and it's like, you have to, prog- you you don't have to, but you can progress with it. So if it's riding, Bigger drops, uh, bigger jumps, tighter corners, steeper slopes. There's always something. You there's always a new trail to ride as well. So you can, and that and that takes so many other boxes as well because you take the the idea of adventure. You know, you can travel to new places. You can meet new people. It's um, there's so much. There's there's so many things that that I take from cycling and from mountain biking. And that is I think that' it it's, i I just always want to be progressing um It's almost set setting setting many goals along the way, whether it's going to another country, riding a new trail, meeting new people, doing a different kind of race, going to an event, you know so many there's so much there's so much to be done and i'm I'm really i'm just in I guess I'm just enjoying the prospect that that's that can happen moving moving forward again it's like a lot of the time it's how you frame it how do you how do you view something what lens do you choose to look at it through um and you can look at it through a negative one or a positive one um and i do my best to look for positives i I do all i'm the same as anyone like i say i'm very human i have the negative lens on a lot of the time too and i guess it's just about trying to catch yourself when you're using that and and See if you can reframe what you're looking at, or, or what you're saying about doing. Because sometimes I can look at it and say, oh, "I'm just doing the same old things," or "I'm, you know, I, I'm, I ride the same routes a lot of the time," or "I ride the same." You know, I'm doing the same kind of training. That kind of stuff can be can be quite repetitive. And you can look at it two ways, I guess. It's, uh, but I think what I've, you know, and I've definitely looked at it in different ways over the last twenty years. I've definitely seen the negatives and right now I feel like I'm seeing positives. I think, uh, like I said, I've I've still got a lot ahead of me. I can still get better. I still really enjoy it. Um, you know, that's, that hasn't changed. And, you know, I guess it's, uh, that's, that's just something to be, to be kind of grateful for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Super inspiring. And yeah, to hear sort of your outlook on mountain biking, I think for all of us, we can connect with that no matter what age we are or whether you know our goal is to win races or just to have fun. Uh, yeah. It's a really super, super helpful message. So thank you for taking the time to chat. Always a pleasure. Um, and yeah, appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it's great. And uh, I, yeah, I really appreciate coming on. Um, and I think one thing that just, just to add, one thing to add is, uh, you know, it's great to inspire people, but I think one thing that I, You know, there's a selfish side to this. I'm inspiring myself. I'm definitely, you know, there's a lot of this I'm doing. I'm doing for me, and if I can share that, it's uh, it makes it even better. Though it's like if I can share and inspire, it's but it's. uh, I take a lot of inspiration from the community bike riders, from the the other riders that I ride with and race against, and I think that's part of that shared community and that shared journey. So it's uh, no, it's a pleasure. I wouldn't be doing these things if. if there wasn't a, wasn't people to do it web you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely well you can watch the series old enough to know better on youtube and you can keep up with rab on his website and we'll have a link to that in the show notes that's all we've got this week we'll talk to you again next week